All right, welcome back, everybody. It's a brand new episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez. February 7th, 2019, our first episode in the month of February for whatever that's worth. And we got a big day today. Um, the trade deadline in the NBA has come and gone. It uh, The final deadline was at 3 Eastern. So it's been, uh, it passed uh, going on a little bit uh, close to two hours ago. Um, all the trades are done. We didn't, it wasn't a big splash year we didn't get the huge blockbuster deals um like uh, demarcus cousins to new orleans we didn't and then the deals that were supposed to rumored you know this year obviously uh, anthony we didn't get anthony davis uh Kyrie didn't get moved which was never gonna happen i could have told you that but uh we didn't get really like the big fish like superstar um, getting paired up with another superstar on a different team we didn't get any of that but there were some trades that were um I guess I guess you could say interesting. I mean, it's hard to say they they really blew me away because again, there wasn't any top fifteen, top twenty players on, on the move. But there are some, uh, you know, some teams that are looking like they're going all in, and then there's other teams that are, you know, kind of uh, deferring to next year and deferring to the summertime specifically because we have a really deep free agency class in the NBA. So we're going to talk about that NBA trade deadline. Not not every single trade. Uh, are we going to cover? But uh, we will cover the ones that I think are, you know, significant or of any note. And then uh, tonight, Thursday, uh, on TNT, we have the NBA All-Star Player Draft. It's the first one that is being televised. Last year was the first year, or was it two years ago? And I think it was last year. It was the first year they did um, an All-Star Draft. Like, it's not East and Western Conference. It's a pool of all players that are all-stars, and then there's two captains who draft from there, which I think is, I think that's a great idea because basketball is really the ultimate pickup sport. You can really just, you know, just get anyone and just play anywhere. I think that's, you know, basketball in its purest sport is really, it's a pickup game. It really is. And so is the all-star game. So I think it's a great idea that they're letting the captains, you know, select their teams and kind of mix and match. Uh, that way rather than just you know the traditional you play for your conference I like that they were doing it in the NFL too for the Pro Bowl and they got rid of that um yeah the Pro Bowl is just terrible and the MLB all-star game I think the baseball is just it's too historical like there's just way too many traditions and unwritten rules I guess I don't even know if this is unwritten rule but I don't see players really standing for that moving towards you know drafting the MLB all-star team but they're doing it in the NBA And I love it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, And it's the first time it's being televised. Last year it was not televised. Uh, God only knows why. I mean, this is is an event. The NBA is built on drama, on storylines. I think there was no reason why this shouldn't be televised. We didn't get it last year, but we're getting it tonight um, on TNT. TNT is where it's at tonight. And then we got uh, two... Uh, obviously, there's two games on TNT. The first one is the that's the big one. You want to you want to watch the first one, the Lakers and the Celtics in Boston. Now I know it's just regular season, but the circumstances of tonight's game are just a little bit higher than um, than usual because today is the trade deadline, and the Lakers and the Celtics are bidding basically head to head 
for Anthony Davis. And obviously, there that's a long, heated, historical rivalry in the NBA. So that game is going to be... And LeBron is healthy. He's going to play for that game. Uh, he's going to be ready to go. Um, and then, there, yeah, it's just so many... There's just so much. That game's going to be great. Um, now, the Celtics are really getting engaged with Anthony Davis now that the Lakers are, are out. I mean, at least for now. I mean, the Lakers will definitely be back in the mix come, you know, July or whatever. Yeah, July 1st. But the Celtics and Danny Ainge have already started talking uh, with the Pelicans about, you know, Anthony Davis, uh, Jason Tatum in that deal. But then you'd, ha- you'd be taking somewhat of a risk if you're Boston because you don't know if Kyrie's coming back. Would you give up Jason Tatum and lose Kyrie Irving in return, just get Anthony Davis? It's, it's a lot. So that game is going to be, you know, just great television. That's going to be a great game to watch. Um, and yeah, and then next week, it, the all-star game is not this weekend, but next weekend. So we're not doing, um, I guess all-star game picks or like picks for the events just yet. We're going to save that for next week. Cause I gotta have, I have to save content, you know, for each episode. I, Cause there's stuff where, you know, I want to talk about it and uh, I have to, I have to kind of punt uh, until next week because then next week I won't have any content for a show so uh next week we'll we will be doing predictions for the mlb all-star weekend we'll be picking winners for each event and i guess for the game itself even though it really doesn't even matter um but the mlb the mlb the nba all-star game i think is the most fun all-star game to watch i mean they're all not great but i don't get what people expect like it's not they're not going to be competing like it's game seven of the finals like it's it's a pickup game it's an all-star game it's an exhibition they're not supposed to be diving on the floor and taking charges. I don't know what people want. Uh, I just want to see, you know, the best players on the earth, you know, do things that only they can. I want to see great in-game dunks and some, you know, great passing and uh, like they're going to pass the ball. It's going to be a completely isocentric. It's going to look like, like uh, those and one tours that they used to have in the early 2000s. Um, but it's going to be a good game. It's going to be it's going to be fun. LeBron usually takes these, you know, semi-seriously and. Uh, Last year was a great game, actually. You know, there was uh, really got, and I and I say heated, not in the sense that you know players were like it wasn't getting chippy, but I mean it was getting heated in, in that it was a, it was a highly contested game. It was a close game. Uh, team LeBron won last year, beat Team Curry, I think it was. I know Curry got trapped in the corner. He was trying to get a game winner off, and he didn't. They he was they were playing defense, is what I'm trying to say, and they were taking it seriously. So it should be a fun game to watch. But before we could get there. We have to talk about the trade deadline today and all the trades that have gone down. Look, today was really slow. And I had, um, I usually write my notes the night before, uh, before I record my podcast. And then I just come in here and I record and I say whatever I'm going to say. Uh, but it was hard to write my notes last night only because I didn't, I had to kind of yield to today. Because I, uh, obviously I didn't know what trades were going to go down today, if any. I mean, if any. There were going to be trades today, but I didn't know what was going to happen. And there were so many that went down last night. I think like four or five trades went through last night. I anticipated, and it's what happened, um, a slow trade deadline day. I anticipated that because there were so many trades going through last night, there wasn't going to be much movement today. Uh, especially like at, like at the buzzer, at the wire of the trade deadline. There wasn't going to be anything, and uh, there wasn't. But um, most of the trades came last night, and the biggest one of the trade, I guess, deadline. Because, well, the biggest trade of the season 
is obviously Chris Tapp's Porzingis to the Mavericks. But we already talked about that last week, so I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna talk your ear off again about that one. So the biggest trade of I guess the deadline week um, is Tobias Harris. Excuse me, I'm looking at my notes here, I have them all listed here for you. Tobias Harris to the Philadelphia 76ers. Let me just get walk you through all the other ones first, and then we'll talk about. Um, the Tobias Harris trade, and then we're going to talk about the Lakers striking out and uh, you know not getting Anthony Davis. We're going to talk about that for sure. So the first one here, Kings, the Sacramento Kings trade, Justin Jackson from North Carolina, uh, and I like Justin Jackson, but I feel like he's he's like one of those uh, he's like the definition of a good college player. You know, he's one of those guys, those four-year guys who's, you know, you remember him, he was great in college, but he didn't really have the size or athleticism to really translate to the NBA. Kind of feel, I mean, I don't, I can't say I feel bad for him, but I like Justin Jackson. I mean, he was great for the Tar Heels, uh, but he really has not, uh, ironically, he hasn't found his three-point shot in the NBA. And in college, he was a fantastic three-point shooter, and it's really not that much further behind um the three-point line in college is the NBA three-point line. So, it's uh, yeah, he really he's really struggled shooting the ball. So the Kings send uh, Justin Jackson and Zebo Zach Randolph to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Harrison Barnes. Now, I don't know how much I love that deal for either side. I mean, I guess for Dallas, this is probably like a salary dump. You know, they're probably trying to maybe bring in another free agent during the summer. Maybe not a stud like, you know, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard level, but, you know, they're probably trying to free up some space. Uh, And the Kings, I don't know how much value you can really get out of Harrison Barnes. I mean, um, I guess guess that solves the problem for them because they have De'Aaron Fox right now. They have uh, Buddy Heald, and they don't really have a true small forward. They don't have a great wing player. They have Marvin Bagley, but uh, he kind of plays more of a four then a three. He does a little bit of both, but I mean, I guess, I guess you, um, you bring in a veteran that could potentially make a run at the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, so there's that move. Uh, I don't know how much I'd love this deal for either side, but it's, uh, it's a deal. Um, it's a deal that went through. Uh, Zach Randolph, man, if there's anyone I could wish in the league right now to get a ring, it would be him. You know, I'd, he was great uh, with the Grizzlies, him and Marcus Saul, and then every single year they just ran into a buzzsaw whether it was Oklahoma City with uh, KD and Russ or it was San Antonio. Um, they just, man, every year they just ran into a team. They just ran into a wall every single year. And if there was any anyone who I wish could have gotten a chance to play in the finals or win one, it'd be Zach Randolph. But that's not going to happen in uh, in Dallas. Next trade is the, well, actually, let me scratch that one. It was the Rockets trading for Nick Stauskas. Um and I thought that was a pretty good move. Nick Stauskas, you know, shooter and Rockets are all about analytics and three-point shooting. Then they traded him this morning to Indiana, who intends to cut him. Now, Nick Stauskas has had a wild week. He was traded um, He was traded by the Blazers on Sunday. And then he was traded last night to um, Houston. And then he was traded the very next morning to Indiana. And Indiana is intending to cut him. So he will have another team uh by next week so Nick Stauskas is no one wants him right now uh, another great college player played at Michigan uh, I kind of feel bad for him uh the next one this one's kind of a eyebrow razor I guess Bulls trade Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis for get ready Otto Porter from the Wizards now Otto Porter is a pretty good player um the Wizards had said 
I think it was during the weekend or earlier in the week. They're not going to trade any of their assets. They're going to hang on to Bradley Beal and Otto Porter. Uh, and then John Wall slipped and fell in his home and ruptured his Achilles. I mean, just the absolute worst case scenario. I mean, just what terrible luck for John Wall. He's already, he's already injured. I mean, it's not like he was having an MVP season. In this, I mean, that would be even worse, I suppose. But uh, he was already injured, and then he falls at home, not even in basketball. He wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't out doing anything insane. He wasn't like in, uh, on a dirt bike or anything like that. He was in his house, and he fell and ruptured his Achilles. So he's out for another year at least before he can start working out again. Um, you can't feel too bad for him, though, because he signed that monster contract, which kicks in next year. He'll be getting paid like $46 million, I think, next year. So he'll be covered uh, financially, but you want to see these guys play. Um, so that happened, and the Wizards had no choice but to start. You know, they got to start blowing things up and start rebuilding. Uh, and I wondered when I saw that, I was thinking, so what? what's the case with Bradley Beal? Will the Lakers actually make a move for him now because, you know, they're not going to get Anthony Davis, um, and the Wizards are probably going to start a fire sale and try to rebuild. Uh, that didn't go through, whether it was because the timeline was too short and they just couldn't get a deal done, or the Lakers just they. They're, uh, you know, they're trying to stay patient and go all in for Anthony Davis. Whatever the case is, Bradley Beal will play for the Wizards for the rest of the year. Uh, speaking of those Lakers, though, they traded Svi Mikhailuk, another great college player um, from Kansas, and a second-round pick to the Pistons for Reggie Bullock. They like his quote-unquote shooting. Um, I don't know how much better of a shooter he is uh, than Svi Mikhailuk. Um, obviously he gets more minutes. He's, I mean, not, he's a veteran in the sense he's been in the league longer than Svi Mikhailuk. Svi is a, is a rookie. I don't like this move to, I mean, a lot. I'm, uh, I don't know. Great. Good for the Lakers. They brought in another shooter. Uh, Memphis, they trade Marcus. Okay. Here's a, here's a pretty big one. So let's skip that. Let's come back to that. The Bucks trade Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson to New Orleans for Nikola Miritich. So, uh, the Bucks and the Pelicans made a trade, but it was not the trade that everyone was hoping for, being Anthony Davis you know, going to team up with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, they bring in Nikola Miritich. So they have they add some shooting. So that's something that the Bucks, you know, really kind of need. I mean, they're not like the Sixers, who I think really, really need some shooting, or, or the Lakers. But, uh, you know, you can never have too much shooting in today's NBA um moving on again back to the Lakers they trade Michael Beasley and Ivica Zubats to the Clippers for Mike Muscala now this move I actually kind of like I have to admit I like the move Mike Muscala he's a power forward center kind of a you know a home not a poor man a poor a homeless man's uh Kevin Love so we'll see how that works with um LeBron James but I like this move because they free up a roster spot and they free up some cap space which I mean they were going to get back anyway because uh, Michael Beasley only signed a one-year deal but I like this move because they're showing that they have some uh, some kind of investment in Luke Walton at least until the end of the season there was that um rift that uh, Michael Beasley and Luke Walton had and then next week he gets moved for I mean Mike Muscala, who, I mean, he's no bum, but, I mean, I don't think the Lakers were targeting him as, you know, someone they wanted to get at the deadline. So, you know, after that came out, they shipped out Michael Beasley, and this is kind of a message to the rest of the locker room. Luke Walton is our guy, at least for right now. You got to respect Luke Walton. He's here to stay for the time being. So, they're good for Luke Walton. He bought, some, bought himself 
some insurance there. Now, the two biggest trades of the deadline. What was that one that I just... Okay, uh, Memphis, they send out Marc Gasol to Toronto for Jonas Valanciunas. Dellen Wright, CJ Miles, and a 2024 second round pick. Now this, Toronto, okay, they're different. I'm, I'm usually not on board with teams when they want to go quote unquote all in because I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess if you, if you had to choose, do you want to go all in right now or do you want to try and build your franchise for, you know, titles for many years to come? Now you can't always choose because ultimately everyone's going to choose the second one. But um, Toronto is kind of on a, you know, they're on a one-year plan. They really are because Kawhi Leonard, is he's not staying. Kawhi Leonard is not going to re-sign with the Raptors. Um, so you have to really go all in for right now as long as you do have uh, Kawhi Leonard. And they bring in Marcus Gasol, who has postseason experience, as I you know, said a little bit earlier, uh, him and Zach Randolph. I suppose he's, he's an upgrade from Jonas Valanciunas, but they are very similar they're both back to the basket centers, rim protectors, rebounders, but Marcus Saul is an upgrade on that. Memphis does not deal Mike Conley. They were talking about just a straight up swap, um, Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valanciunas in exchange for Mike Conley and uh, Marcus Saul. That move I don't like because uh, Kyle Lowry is a great shooter. I really like the way he can shoot the three point ball, so I wouldn't get rid of Kyle Lowry, and they didn't. Uh, but Memphis decides to hang on to Mike Conley. Um, I was kind of anticipating maybe the Lakers go after uh, Mike Conley, get a veteran point guard in there. And especially with the resurgence of LeVar Ball, I mean, things are just really looking really, really bad. Uh, You know, in reference to Lonzo Ball, their starting point guard. But the ultimate, the biggest trade of the weekend, uh, the Clippers decide to send Tobias Harris and Boban Marjanovic uh, and Mike Scott to the 76ers in exchange for Landry Shemit, another great college player. Go Shockers, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 first rounder, a 2020 unprotected first rounder uh, via Miami, and a second and two second round picks. So uh, I think this is a great move for both teams. Uh, Philly has decided that they're going to... Okay, so let's go ahead and get to our Philly. I just wanted to list all the trades that happened, and then I wanted to get into the Philly trade. I'll break that down because that's the biggest one. I mean, there really isn't all those other ones. Probably, the, you know, bored you to sleep with all those other ones. There really aren't that, you know, big trades. And then I want to get into the Lakers. So here we go. Um, the biggest one, the biggest trade of the weekend. Can I say weekend? I don't know. It's Thursday. Does it does Thursday count as the weekend, or does the weekend start Friday? Or are you a traditionalist? Is the weekend just Saturday and Sunday? I don't know. I guess... Thursday at, at like five o'clock, the closer you get to Friday, I, I consider that the weekend because you know Friday is just our Fridays. But here we go. Um, the biggest trade of the week, oh, I'll change it. Was the Clipper? Uh, was Tobias Harris going to the 76ers? And Philly has already planned on re-signing both Jimmy Butler, who will be a free agent at the end of this and at the end of the uh, season, and Tobias Harris. Uh, creating what would be a big four for them, including Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and Tobias Harris. Uh, Marcus Morris of the Celtics commented on social media. I think it was Instagram. I want to say it was Instagram. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, good move, but not enough. And uh, I, I could not agree with him anymore. I mean, that is literally the, the definition of this move for the 76ers. It was a good move. Tobias Harris is a good player. 
I like Tobias Harris. Um, I know not a lot of people don't really um, aren't too familiar with Tobias Harris because he's a you know he's a good player, but he's not a superstar. He's not a top fifteen to twenty, maybe even thirty player in the league. But he's a good shooter, so already he fits in. Uh, you know, in Philly, they need they need three point shooting bad. Do the 76ers uh, outside of JJ Redick and TJ McConnell? Um, to uh, what do you call those abbreviated names? I guess. I've always wanted, because my middle name starts with a J. So I've always considered, do I start calling myself SJ? But that doesn't sound, you don't hear that. I mean, TJ, JJ, like JJ Watt, CJ, those are, but you don't ever hear SJ. So I've never, I've never made that move, but it has crossed my mind. Um, and then on the team, they're right there. You have JJ and TJ. So um, if I were to, if I were to be, uh, if I were to sign a 10-day with the Philadelphia 76ers, I would absolutely change my name to SJ. But you never, I've never heard that before in my life. I've never heard an SJ. Like, you can't just throw any, like, if your name is, like, Quentin and your middle name is, like, Joshua, you can't just call yourself QJ. Like, the, you know, some letters, I guess, just don't go well with J and S is one of them. So, aside from that point, the Philadelphia 76ers, they need three-point shooting. So, this was a good move for them because Tobias Harris, uh, he's a good three-point shooter. He's a good rebounder. He's a good player. Tobias Harris is a really good player, but he's not a great player. Um, And I don't feel that this puts them uh over the you know as favorites to win the east um and i'm still sticking with them i picked them preseason and we're gonna get back to that soon all the preseason picks and there will be a um nba playoff or stay off in the coming weeks i'm probably gonna do that after the all-star break where where i feel what teams i feel are gonna make the playoffs or fall out or gonna make a run at it we're gonna talk about that but the one team that everyone's been panicking on and talking about are they gonna you know are the boston celtics Everyone is talking about the Celtics. Are they are they finals contenders? What's Kyrie going to do? Uh, what's their plan for the summer? Can they win the finals? The Celtics are winning the East. There's no way around that. The Boston Celtics are winning the Eastern Conference. I, don't talk to me about Toronto, because I until until I see them this year succeed in the postseason, I have to go off of what I've already seen in the past. They are terrible in the postseason. They just they're like. Um, they're like the Trailblazers East is what they are. They're great in the regular season and in the postseason. They just they do nothing. I understand they have Kawhi Leonard, who's an astronomical upgrade from DeMar DeRozan, but I haven't seen it yet with Toronto. So I still I, I don't count Toronto. Milwaukee is not, and get, the, get ready for this, their team as a whole is not very good. Milwaukee, they're not a very good team. Uh, they had Nikola Mirotic. That doesn't, does that put them over the top? No. Giannis Antetokounmpo is so great, he makes that team a threat in the East. That's how great. I feel, I've said it before, he's the best player in the East. Um, I think he's that great that he upgrades the entire team. But I don't see them, I mean, they pushed Boston to seven last year, so maybe you can make an argument they could beat Boston. But I don't see it happening. Um, who else, who are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the 76ers, you know, they got beaten five games by Boston last year. A, series, um, a very tightly contested five-game series. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you hear someone 4-1, to one, you, you would think they were dominated the whole series. They really weren't. The, the 76ers were in every single game. And honestly, if they were, you know, they were very inexperienced. And Brett Brown's kind of a, an aggressive guy. He let, you know, kind of his players, you know, dig their own grave. It could have been 4-1 the other way. That's how close that series was. But ultimately, I've seen what Boston is like in the playoffs. I've seen... Their young players perform in the Boston Garden. Um, I, I've seen what Kyrie Irving can do in the playoffs. And I know you're 
you're saying, well, what about Kawhi Leonard? You've seen him in the playoffs. Yeah, that was a long time ago, and that was with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, I mean, Greg Popovich. That was an entirely different situation, and that was a long, long time ago. Kyrie Irving is only two or three years removed from a finals where he honestly could have won MVP. I mean, LeBron won, and he should have, but you could have made a serious argument Kyrie Irving should have won MVP. So I like the move for Philly. I think it's a good move. It's a positive move. It's a good move, but it's not a great move. I still remain uh, the Celtics for me, are the, are still the favorites in the East, and they should be. I don't care even if they get in as a four or a five seed. If they're not, if they don't even have home court advantage, I would still pick the Celtics to win the East, and that's without Anthony Davis. Now let's talk about um, the Clippers side of this trade. I like this move even more for the Clippers than I do for the 76ers. I think it's a positive move for the 76ers, but it doesn't. It's not enough positive movement I guess if that that doesn't make any sense it's a move in the right direction but it's not enough in the right direction I mean will Tobias Harris fit absolutely is you know that's and that's what a lot of people talk about fit over just sheer talent NBA is a talent league and then you figure out the fit later I mean you can plug Kevin Durant in with the Golden State Warriors and everyone was saying well there's only one basketball uh, yeah, there's only one basketball, and now they have three titles. So they have more championships than they play with, um, with basketballs on the court. So how's that working out for them? Uh, I don't love this trade for the 76ers. I don't think this puts them as the favorites in the East, um, let alone again, better than Golden State. If you can't win the East, obviously you can't beat Golden State. So um, there's that. Now let's talk about the Clippers. While the 76ers, excuse me, <laughs> 76ers, while the 76ers are moving all in on this year, and you know, they've it's not all in like Toronto where it's this year or bust. It's all in on this year, but you know, with plans to re-sign Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, they can maintain this um, you know, this big four uh, going forward in the future. But the Clippers are moving, they're all in on the future. I mean, they're, they're, they've pretty much given up on the, the playoffs, which they're not out of. I think they're still the eighth seed right now. They're in front of the Lakers, but they feel uh, this, you know, the same way I do. What's the point of getting in as an eighth seed or a seventh seed and then losing in the first or second round? That doesn't do you any good. So the Clippers are moving all in on the summer and uh, on next year. So I like this move. They're committing you know, to building this franchise the proper way. They have Jerry West, quite possibly the greatest GM of all time outside of like Red Auerbach. That's how, I mean, Jerry West, he's got to be up there as one of the greatest front office executives uh, in the history of basketball. Um, where was I? They free up uh, even more cap space than they already have, and they add valuable trade assets in the form of two first-round picks. And uh, they currently, as of right now, this very second, uh, this moment in time, they are the more attractive landing spot in L.A., over the Lakers, the Clippers, I mean, they're just, they're quiet, they're functional, the Lakers are, they're running, I mean, the Lakers have been in the news for all the wrong reasons throughout the week, they haven't been able to get uh, the Anthony Davis deal done, they haven't been able to accomplish anything, uh, the young guys look like they're starting, like, kind of cracking under the pressure of, you know, bringing these trade talks, LeVar Ball is back, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, uh, I don't want to, but this is something that we have to talk about, so the Clippers are the more attractive spot in LA right now. And they can add, uh, well, they just added two first-round picks. And uh, they, you know, they, have, they still have good trade assets in the form of players. And they have a ton of cap space. 
Um, and I think what this move does is this puts their foot in the door for the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Because now that, you know, no one can make a move until July, um, you bring in a lot of teams. Anthony Davis said earlier that uh, the Knicks have equal footing with the Lakers as far as his preference. Uh, and they still have their lottery pick. They have Dennis Smith Jr. now. They can move him out. Um, and depending on where that the, the ping pong balls fall, they could have a number one overall pick that they can give to New Orleans. Uh, a company that's with Dennis Smith Jr., uh, maybe Frank Nilakina just to get him out of town. Um, they'll have a good package. I've said in the past so many times, and I feel like I'm the only one who thinks this, the Brooklyn Nets should get in on this. I really, really feel like the Brooklyn Nets should make a move uh, for Anthony Davis. There's another team, and there's Boston, the Lakers, obviously, and now the Clippers. I think with those two first-rounders, you know, they can really kind of, you know, they don't have the best package, but they have a package to where they can they can kind of get their foot into the door. And Jerry West, like I said, he's one of the greatest you know front office execs of all time. I'm sure he could figure something out and make that trade uh, even more attractive. Now, with that, let's just say for the sake of the argument, they bring in Anthony Davis. They still have a ton of cap space because they bring in Anthony Davis through a trade. Now they can bring in Kevin Durant, and at that point, um, you know the, the Knicks are all in on Kevin Durant. But at this scenario, there's the Clippers have more to offer. They have more solid um, assets than the Knicks, who have a bunch of. Uh, they have a lot of ifs right now. Well, if we get Kyrie Irving, then there's a chance we could get Kevin Durant, and hopefully the ping pong balls give us Zion Williamson. The Knicks are like they're a pipe dream right now. There are a lot needs to go right for the New York Knicks right now. Uh, the Clippers, they have a lot of solid. Um, they have a lot of things that are solid in their hands. They have two first-round picks. They have cap space, and they have the Los Angeles market, and they have Jerry West. I can't say it enough. Having Jerry West in their corner, that is already a huge advantage over a lot of teams in this league, maybe even the Lakers, because Magic Johnson to this point, let, well, he hasn't been Jerry West. Let's just say that. They have a very, um, you know, they have a strong case, and I think, honestly, Kawhi is coming to the Clippers without Anthony Davis. With that, it doesn't matter. Kawhi Leonard is coming to the Clippers. So now you have Kawhi Leonard. Let's say they bring in um, Anthony Davis via trade. Now you have Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis. How does Kevin Durant turn that down? I mean, he said, you know, or he didn't say, but it was rumored that LA, he wants to go to a big media market. Why would you go to the Lakers and LeBron and LeVar when you can go to the Clippers down the hall? And uh, you can play with Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. And that is instantly the best team in the whole league. Overnight, the Clippers can turn this around and become the best team in the whole league in one summer. Um, I love this move for the Clippers. I think they're the winner of this deal with the 76ers. Now, the Sixers, they've, <laughs> they didn't get fleeced like you know they did last year um, by Danny Ainge. And actually, we're gonna. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Okay, well, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, they didn't get fleeced last year. You know, Danny Ainge, he swindles everybody. They, I would call them the loser of this trade if I had to pick one, but it's a good deal for them. Um, and mentioning, going, we're going talking about something else right now. Um, new topic. Moving on to uh, one of the trades that I missed here. The 76ers trade Markel Fultz to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons. Uh, a first-rounder that has to be protected. There's no way they would just give him a first-rounder. And a second-round pick. The, re the reason I say that is because or the Orlando Magic are one of the worst teams in the league. There's no way they would just give up one of their lottery picks um, for Markel Fultz. Um, who I th and this is why I'm bringing this up. I want to get into this. Um, 
but as a first rounder, nonetheless, I'm sure it's protected. I don't, it wasn't listed. Um, how it was protected was a top 10, top 15, top five, three, one, whatever. But I'm sure there's some form of protection on there. Um, good for the Sixers, I guess. You know, I like this move for both sides in this sense. Markel Fultz had to get out of Philadelphia. He wanted to get out of Philadelphia. Philadelphia wanted him out. So he gets a new opportunity. And they get a first rounder um, in return. Something that could be really valuable for them. Um, depending on what the protection is um, that Orlando put on that pick. And I like this move for Orlando because I, I love Markel Fultz. I think he's a great player. He's been injured. Okay, everyone. And here's why the Markel Fultz situation makes me as angry as it does. Because we champion guys like Derrick Rose. We love Derrick Rose. He's everyone's favorite player. Everyone was wearing his socks and his shoes in 2011, and now every time he has 15 points, Bleacher Report, he's trending number one on Twitter. You know, everyone's praising Derrick Rose. We love Derrick Rose. He's great. But we tear down. We make fun of. We clown on Markel Fultz because he's injured. Do you see the double standards I'm talking about? It makes me so furious, the Markel Fultz scenario. And it is weird. I mean, I'm not denying it is a strange situation you know what's the why is he even playing why did this not get figured out but you know during the like what it's kind of it is a weird strange situation but besides that point Markel Fultz can ball we all love triple doubles another double standard we all love triple doubles and what they mean and who's the youngest who's the quickest you know who the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double is Markel Fultz Lonzo Ball did it, and then Markel Fultz did it a week later. Um, beat him to it. He's now the youngest player to ever record a triple-double, but no one wants to talk about that because we don't like Markel Fultz, right? He's a bust. He's a bum, right? You have to be some. You have to be an astronomically high level of stupidity to be out on Markel Fultz. I am fully behind Markel Fultz. I don't believe he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Or a superstar or anything like that. But Markel Fultz, mark my words, he will be an all-star in Orlando. Okay? I promise you that. Markel Fultz, you guys have given up on him way too soon. He was hurt. And of all teams in the league, what level, again, double standards. The level of hypocrisy that the 76ers have displayed during the Markel Fultz era is sickening. You waited three years for Joel Embiid. You waited for Ben Simmons. And yet you rushed Markel Fultz out there before he was ready in that horrendous media market. Everyone tore him down on social media. And he just takes all the heat. Everyone takes down Markel Fultz. And even with that injury, he was still producing at, some, at the highest level that he possibly could. And everyone wants to make fun of him and clown his, his shot for him because his shoulders hurt. If he was a running back in the NFL and he had a problem with his ankle... A running back with an ankle problem? Yeah, he'd probably probably be running funny. A shooter in the NBA with shoulder problems? Yeah, he's probably going to be shooting kind of weird. So I am so sick and, and tired of everyone tearing down Markel Fultz. I am all on board with Markel Fultz. I hope he has a fantastic career in Orlando. And he's in a situation now. Good for him. He gets the opportunity. You know, they didn't just cut him and just hang him out to dry. They gave him an opportunity through trade. Um, 
and what I mean by that is, you know, a team, they're, they're sending to a team that wants him, clearly. Um, and he's in a situation now, because Philly, they were ready to take the next step. I mean, good for them. They're ready to take the next step and start winning games and competing for titles. Markel, they couldn't wait for Markel Fultz. Maybe they didn't want to, but they should have because they waited for everyone else on that team. But now they send him to Orlando, who is in a clear rebuild. I mean, they've been rebuilding since Dwight Howard left, but they're they're rebuilding this. Uh, you know, the expectations for that franchise are much different. He will have time to heal. He will have time to rehabilitate. He will have time to grow with Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba. You know, the rest of that team. Uh, and they need a point guard bad. I mean, they brought in Alfred Payton and they sent him out. He's not the greatest player in the world. Uh, they're they're looking for a true star on that team, a guard because all their all their players. They had, they drafted Jonathan Jonathan Isaac a few years ago. He's a bust. Everyone you want to talk about a bust? Uh, look at Jonathan Isaac. Um, they need a guard. They bring one in and Markel Fultz. Good for him. I am rooting for him, one hundred percent. You're an idiot. You are an a fool, a buffoon, if you think Markel Fultz is a bust and you think he's trash. Because that's all I've seen from people is that he's just so terrible. He's the worst basketball player of all time. Because, one, number one, yeah, he was struggling to play because he was injured. He was hurt. And, you know, why are we tearing down Markel Fultz for being injured? But yet we love players like Derrick Rose. It makes no sense to me. The double standards is it's just nauseating how people, you know, we champion other players for getting hurt. Everyone, oh, prayers out to Victor Oladipo. Hope he, hope he gets better. And I was part of that because I do want him to get better because I like Victor Oladipo. But what my problem is the double standards. Why are we championing, championing, championing these other players and yet we're making fun and making jokes about Markel Fultz's injury? It's just disgusting. It really, really is. I am fully behind Markel Fultz. I wish him nothing but the best in Orlando. And a lot of you are going to be sorry and you're going to look real, real dumb when Markel Fultz turns around and he has a good career in Orlando. Because I really feel like he's going... You don't just... I mean, he's not Anthony Bennett. You know, where he played... Anthony Bennett played internationally. I say internationally, but he played in Canada. Um, We didn't really get to see him. Anthony Bennett is a bust. One of the all-timers. We saw Markel Fultz in the Pac-12. A D1 program... In a, I mean, they weren't uh, Washington. They were a terrible team. That was during Lonzo Ball's uh, uh, freshman year. That was in Oregon. Was in the final two. Washington as a team were not very good. But we saw Markel Fultz. I mean, just dominate the Pac-12. How do you go from one year you're the best player in the conference to now you can't even play the game? That's called an injury. And they didn't give him the, the proper amount of time to rehabilitate and uh, heal. So. Best of luck to Markel Fultz. I hope he has a fantastic career. And I feel like he's going to. Now time for the ads. So the NBA trade deadline has now come and gone. And uh, Anthony Davis has stayed in New Orleans. The trade did not go through to LA. The trade did not go through to Toronto or Milwaukee. He is staying in New Orleans for, um, or at least until July 1st. Um, that's when you know trade talks can reopen, and that's when the Boston Celtics can get involved. So where does this put Anthony Davis? Now what? Um, and where does this place, specifically the Lakers, because they were the front runner, they were the headline team that looked like they were going to make a move at Anthony Davis, and if they didn't, then Boston was going to come in. Um, and I feel like that's exactly what happened. Anthony Davis is going to go to the Boston Celtics. Um, and here, I mean, okay, well, let's get into this because there's a lot of 
different scenarios in this Anthony Davis uh, sweepstakes, I guess, because there's a lot of different there's a lot of different scenarios. If the Knicks again, if the Knicks get that number one pick, um, they could enter in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. It'd have to be a number one overall um, or a top three, because even a, even a top three, really, how much value does that have? for uh, New Orleans it'd have to be top two because you want one of the Duke boys you want either Zion Williamson he's the probably the biggest star um, RJ Barrett probably the the better player um, and after that I don't know really if you can you know if you're New Orleans can you justify trading the the Knicks for maybe John Morant or just another college guy another prospect uh, over you know potentially Jason Tatum or you know Kyle Kuzma Brandon Ingram the Lakers um, trade hall. So it's a lot of going. And then with the Boston, their if is uh, will Kyrie Irving resign? That's a big, um, you know, that's a big part and a piece of the puzzle because you got to think if Kyrie Irving leaves, Jason Tatum is effectively off the table because they're not going to make the gamble of bringing in Anthony Davis um, to Boston because they're going to have to resign him and it's going to be hard to resign him if you don't have Kyrie Irving or Jason Tatum to entice him. To come back because obviously it's going to be hard for them to win, win in the even in the East without those two guys. So it's going to be difficult for them to re-sign Anthony Davis. That, that trade um, would depreciate from the Celtics. But again, a lot of ifs. And the Lakers can get it back in on this if Kyrie Irving leaves. If the Knicks don't get the number one pick, then they can probably find their way back in the trade talks. But uh, it's a lot of ifs from all three sides. But I think. This has the biggest effect on the Los Angeles Lakers not getting Anthony Davis because I feel in my heart of hearts I feel like Kyrie Irving will resign and I feel like they'll bring in Anthony Davis and uh, you know they'll probably win the title or at least go to the finals and if Anthony Davis meant what he said he wants his career he wants he cares more about his legacy than money you're already in a winning situation in Boston one that can be sustained because Kyrie Irving is is you know he's young Jason Tatum's only in his second year you'd have you know, a, a chance for sustained success for over ten, possibly ten years. You could you could be like finals contenders in Boston. He'd probably resign there. It'd be hard to turn that down. And a well-run organization, mind you, too. Danny Ainge again. He's one of the great um, GMs in, in the whole league. Uh, is Danny? He's great. So you're you're under a well-managed franchise. I mean, it'd be really hard to turn down that situation. Even though he said he didn't want to go to Boston did Anthony Davis once he got there and he he gets a taste for winning and he gets a taste of the the culture and and playing with Kyrie I think it would be really hard for him to turn that down it's a smart gamble uh, for Danny Ainge so where does this leave the Lakers um they pulled out well it doesn't matter if they pulled out or not the trade deadline's gone they're not getting Anthony Davis um and they substitute that with Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala that's their consolation prize. They get they, instead of Anthony Davis, they get Mike Muscala and Reggie Bullock. Um, and at at the time, you know, okay, well, sorry, I was I typed this out again. I typed this out last night, so I didn't know what other moves they were gonna make um, today. They didn't. They only made the uh, the Mike Muscala move, um, and I, I anticipated they were gonna make a bunch of mid tier moves like for veterans, which is usually what. You know, LeBron likes to play with, and every every team that he leaves is like in ruins, and it's no secret why. It's not it's not a, a shock because they they siphon the future, the youth of their franchise for expensive veterans uh, who aren't sticking. They're only there because of LeBron. So once he leaves, they're gone or they're stuck there with bloated contracts. 
Um, and then, you know, they have to go into a, a full-blown rebuild, which is what happened to the Lakers already once Kobe left because uh, they gave him, you know, a huge contract once he was probably exiting his prime. Then he got hurt two or three times. Um, but, you know, after everything he did for the franchise, you know, he more than earned that huge contract. Um, and LeBron James has more than earned his contract because he's LeBron James. That's not the point. The point is, um, where do the Lakers go from here? It seems like they're really running out of options. Because when Magic first got there, optimism was at an all-time high. Well, if we get LeBron, we're probably going to get someone else in the summer, and then we can trade for the play. Okay, we got LeBron, good. Step, step one, complete. And then they, didn't, they did nothing after that. You know, it came out Kevin Durant doesn't want to play with LeBron. Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to play with LeBron. Uh, who Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play with. Le- well, Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play with anybody. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, whether you got LeBron or not, he didn't want to play. Paul George did not want to play with LeBron. They missed out. So now they're kind of, their summer free agency list is kind of dwindling down to almost next to nothing. And you're kind of just hoping and praying maybe Kyrie Irving just really, really wants to play with LeBron in L.A. That's basically what your free agency this summer has come down to. Then you try and trade for Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans were not compliant, as they shouldn't have been. There was no need for them to deal Anthony Davis to the Lakers right now when he still has a year and a half left on his deal. There was no reason for the, for the Pelicans to, uh, to ship out Anthony Davis. This has been something that is, and I've talked about this so many times, and I just, I just keep reiterating it because I, I really, really you know, want to drive this home. This isn't something that boiled over because of magic. I, I, I tear him down a lot uh, as a GM, but this has been something that's been building up for about three or four or five years now. Um, it didn't come down to signing LeBron, and it didn't come down to not trading for Anthony. There's so many things that led up to this. That got them to this point. Um, hang on, let me look at my notes here. It started, uh, you know, back when they did. They refused to trade to the Pacers. That was the first mistake. They didn't want to give um, Brandon Ingram and what the pick that ultimately became Lonzo Ball. Maybe the Pacers are better evaluators of talent. Maybe they would have taken Jason Tatum or De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I don't know, but the rest of it, they didn't trade for Paul George. He goes to Oklahoma City, and he decides, I like it here. I'm not going to LA, so there's that. Close the book on that one. Uh, their next mistake was drafting Lonzo Ball over De'Aaron Fox. That was a big mistake, and if they had De'Aaron Fox, they still might not have been able to trade for Anthony Davis because De'Aaron Fox would have been off the table. That's how good he's been playing, and potentially maybe he is on the table, and then maybe they do get the, the deal done because De'Aaron Fox is a stud and they pass on him for Lonzo Ball. And uh, we're going to get more into him in just a second. Mr. Nine points a game. Mr. Barely shooting above 40% from the free throw line. That's your point guard. Um, and then they didn't want to trade Lonzo and Brandon Ingram to San Antonio. They didn't want to go all in and go full Brooklyn for Kawhi Leonard, who's having an MVP year. And then he goes to Toronto. Now he's probably going to end up in the Clippers, your arch, one of your arch nemeses. The Clippers, he's going right across the hall. He's going to play in Staples Center, just not on the Lakers' side. So, uh, And then they go in, their backs are against the wall. What do we do? We have to get Anthony Davis. Our, you know, Everything depends on it. Like I said, a few, like four or five, maybe a month ago, I said the future of this franchise depends on them getting this deal done, and they didn't. 
They went all in, but it was way too late. The Pelicans had no interest in trading Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had interest in leaving the Pelicans. The Pelicans had no interest in getting rid of Anthony Davis. And now, because you miss out on Anthony Davis, not okay, and I, to their credit, at least they put in the effort now, the third time around, you know, the Pelicans just didn't want to deal with them, but they went all in. He's probably going to Boston. Oh, guess what? Your other arch nemesis. And I feel if he goes to Boston, I strongly feel like he's going to re-sign there. Because at that point, I don't see the benefit of coming to the Lakers and playing by yourself and getting one year of LeBron. We don't know what LeBron is going to look like two years from now. He might opt out. LeBron might not even be on the Lakers two years from now. So why, if you're Anthony Davis, why would you leave Boston, who's going to be a title contender with Kyrie Irving and Jason, potentially even Jason Tatum? Well, no. Hang on, let me backtrack. Boston is not getting this deal done without Jason Tatum. Let's get that out of the, out the door. I mean, there's no way this deal gets done, Boston and New Orleans, without Jason Tatum as the centerpiece. They've already, Danny Ainge has already talked extensively uh, with New Orleans about Jason Tatum and that there's no way that New Orleans is not taking Jason Tatum. So, but at least, at the very least, they'd still have Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis and that is a dynamic duo for the ages. I mean, that is a great place to start. And then you can add other players around them. Uh, maybe you get lucky and you're able to keep Jalen Brown, potentially, if you, if you throw in uh, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. You know, just they, can, they have so many assets. If you're, you throw in all your picks, if you're Boston, because you're not really going to need them, because you're going to be all in going, not for the future, but for, you know, winning in the future, not building for the future. So, um there's no way that trade gets done without Jason Tatum. I don't care how great Danny Ainge is. Jason Tatum would be a part of that package. But still, they'd be a great team. And I don't see Anthony Davis leaving the Boston Celtics for L.A. for a year with LeBron. Maybe no LeBron. Then they have to try and find another free agent to bring in beside him. We don't know what the Knicks are going to look like we, two or three years from now. We don't know what they're going to look like, you know, a few months from now. So the Knicks are a, a huge question mark. Um, one team, again, I keep saying it, I really would like to see them make a move and go after Anthony Davis is the Brooklyn Nets. I think they could have a, a wicked package that could rival the Celtics and really bring him in. And then think, he said the Knicks have equal footing with the Lakers. The Nets are in the same exact city as the Knicks. It's just a different name. It's a different borough. Um, you know, Brooklyn, New York is still New York. So I feel like, you know, if he were to trade, if the Nets were to trade for Anthony Davis, I think there's a, a chance that he would resign and then they could potentially lure in Kyrie Irving. Um, his childhood team were the New Jersey Nets. Um, it's the same franchise they just relocated. Uh, but again, New York is New York. I really think that, you know, again, if maybe if Kyrie leaves, Boston is out, then the Nets go all in and they get both of them. So, I mean, there, you know, there's so many different scenarios. But uh, all those, none of those scenarios include the Lakers. I think, you know, they made their best pitch already. Um, the Pelicans turned it down. I don't see them. There's no way they're outbidding the Celtics. I don't think they could outbid uh, the Nets if the Nets were, were uh, willing to get into the, you know, the sweepstakes. And potentially they may not even be able to outbid the Knicks depending on if they get, you know, everything that the Knicks want. I don't know if they would be able to outbid them. So what do you do now if you're the Lakers? You bring in Carmelo Anthony. You bring in Reggie Bullock. 
Yeah, they'll be better. They'll go from like a 42-win team. Or maybe not even 42. Um, they'll go from like a 45, 48-win team to like a 52, 55-win team. Cool. Make the playoffs as like a, you know, 8, 7, 60. Then what, lose in the first round? Probably. Barring a great matchup, maybe go to the second round. Um, they're not missing the playoffs. I guarantee you that. Everyone's talking about are the Lakers going to make the playoffs. They're going to There is no way in hell LeBron James is coming to the West and missing the playoffs. There's no way he'll turn it on when he needs to. If they don't, get, if they get Carmelo, they don't know. There's no way they're missing the playoffs. He's not proving everyone who said he couldn't play in the West right, even though he was hurt. LeBron is way too prideful. He is not missing the play. They're going to make the playoffs. And what does that accomplish? It ends the longest drought in franchise history without a playoff berth. Great. Who cares? These are the Lakers. They don't care about playoff berths. They care about those Larry O'Brien trophies. Lots of them. Multiple. I mean, dynasties. And none of the moves that they've made so far point in any direction of building one of those. So, you know, they'll make these mid-tier moves. You know, Mike Muscala. Reggie Bullock. They're probably going to bring in Carmelo Anthony, which I think is a stupid idea. But they'll bring him in because he's, he's LeBron's pal. He's his buddy. They'll bring him in. And, they'll probably, and LeBron is so great. He'll figure out, he'll figure out the, the Carmelo conundrum. And everyone will look at me and say, told you Le- Carmelo can still play. He's, he's a baller. You're an idiot, Mr. Crowd Noise. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's you know a testament to LeBron. And then once LeBron leaves, then we'll be stuck with Carmelo. And then, you know... He'll he'll go back to being like Carmelo Anthony. Um, they're making these moves. They, the Lakers have become a band-aid franchise. They've become a band-aid organization. They keep cutting themselves and wounding themselves, and they put these little band-aids on there and try and cover it up and make it look better and feel better when they're not actually solving any problems. Uh, you know, they're heading to what I've predicted, which is another massive rebuild. Because then, think about this. They have all the once LeBron leaves and he's gonna leave, whether he retires or he just gets out of LA, he's gonna be gone. Then you're stuck with you're stuck with all these veterans. One, because you had to re-sign them, you know, to stick around LeBron, or they all just leave and you don't have any team left. Uh and oh by the way, all these all these young assets that you couldn't give away, they couldn't give away Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuh, they couldn't give those players away. They're going to be ready for their contracts because all their rookie deals are going to be up and they're going to be looking to get paid. So now what do you do? It's just going to, it just keeps mounting and mounting and mounting for the Lakers. And it'd be one thing if they were true title contenders and maybe if they won one or two during the LeBron era, they're not going to win one. The current path they're on right now, unless a miracle happens and they're able to swindle New Orleans for Anthony Davis in July and then a miracle they bring in Kevin Durant. I mean, just... It would be a miracle, all those those things that I just listed. They're not winning a title. And then what do you do? You can't put a Band-Aid on, on, on that. Having to rebuild your entire franchise again from scratch. You can make these little moves to win games here and get to the playoffs and try and build confidence and, you know, in, in the fan base and all this stuff. It, you know, there was, there's a famous quote here. I want to read it to you. You know, you can... And it goes to, you know, kind of, it's like a testament to, you know, putting band-aids on things. Like what the Lakers are doing, these little mid-tier moves. Of up, you know, they're upgrades. They're similar like the Philadelphia 76ers bringing it to Tobias Harris. It's an upgrade, but it's not, doesn't really solve the problem. You can dread it, run from it, 
but destiny arrives all the same. And now it's here. And on that dreary, um, depressing note, I want to finish the show on something a little bit fun. Tonight's the NBA All-Star player draft. And wouldn't you know, guess who is one of the captains picking uh, the All-Star rosters? It's LeBron James. So uh, after that horrible scenario I just listed and, uh, you know, the current uh, impression I just did there, um, we're going to go ahead and on on ESPN.com, you can do like a fantasy NBA All-Star draft, I guess. Like you can be one of the cats. So you can choose. Do you want to be LeBron and pick your team or do you want to be Giannis Antetokounmpo? It's really fun. I tried it last night. I was trying to search for stuff, you know, for an All-Star segment last night. And I found this little, it's kind of like a game. You go on ESPN.com and uh, you can draft your own team. Now I know you're thinking, well, well how fun is that? I mean, it's going to draft my team. Who cares? No, the, there's a computer. There's like an AI here. And you can uh, draft against the computer. Then the fun doesn't end there. The AI has like a, you choose what style you want your team that you drafted to play. And you do like a, you don't physically do like you kind of watch like a simulation of your drafted team against the computer's drafted team. So I think, you know, why don't we just play it uh, here for the end of the show? There's no quote of the week again. It's two weeks in a row. But uh, so I figured, I figured this is fun though. I'll just illustrate, I'll tell you what's happening, what's going on. Um, you're going to listen. You're not even going to watch me. You're going to listen to me play a game. How fun is that? Um, but first, I just want to say, I feel like, um, you know, just kind of predicting what's going to happen, I guess, in tonight's draft. Giannis already said if LeBron does not take uh, Stephen Curry, number one overall, that's who Giannis is taking with his first pick. Okay, I feel like LeBron, and LeBron is the ultimate chess master. He's the ultimate, you know, he just makes moves like, Three years in advance, he starts setting things up. He's a chess player is what he is. I think this entire team, LeBron doesn't care if he wins another another All-Star game or if he's an All-Star game MVP. does not care whatsoever. I feel like this enti- the way this entire team is going to be structured for LeBron is going to be based off recruiting for the summer and potentially, you know, maybe forcing... His way, you know, f- uh, forcing players to, you know, to request trade. Or not LeBron forcing them to request. I mean, the players forcing the teams to trade them potentially to the Lakers. Because the way it's set up, it's like perfectly aligned for LeBron to get everyone he wants. He has the first pick. Okay, let me, I feel like he's going to take Kevin Durant. Maybe he talks to Kevin Durant like, hey, man, you can come to L.A. That's recruiting. Then Stephen Curry goes number two. Um, who else is up there? Anthony Davis is a reserve. Um, and at, the way it's set up is LeBron has the first pick overall from the starter, starters, and then Giannis gets the first pick from the reserves, and then LeBron gets the first pick for um, the what do they call it? the special selection? It's Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade, the two players that nobody asked for. They're going to be in the All Star game. Um, LeBron will get the first pick out of two. So basically, he's choosing for both teams, and he's going to choose Dwayne Wade because that's his best friend. So he's going to get everyone he wants. I feel like he's going to get Kevin Durant. He's going to get Anthony Davis. Chris Middleton is an all-star, and the Lakers were talking about uh, you know, potentially trading for him or signing him in the summer. I think he will definitely get. Uh, he will definitely play on Team LeBron. So with the, those are my just my predictions. Um, so here we go. Let's go ahead and get right into this. Um, and you can go play it. It's on ESPN.com. If you feel like uh, you know, listening to me do this is really fun. 
you can go do it yourself. So you start off, you choose your team captain first. We are, we're going to choose LeBron. And it ranks them. It's actually pretty cool. It ranks, uh, you know, they all have like, let me see, one, two, three, four, five attributes. There's shooting, scoring, passing, rebounding, and defending. And uh, it rates each player's ability to do, you know, each of the categories. So Giannis is uh, not a good shooter, but he has elite, and I don't like that word, but that's the word they use here, elite scoring, passing, rebounding, and defending. He actually has more elite categories than LeBron James, for whatever that's worth. LeBron has elite scoring, passing, and defending. He is not an elite rebounder or uh, shooter, according to ESPN.com. But we're going to pick LeBron James anyway because we want that first pick. So I take LeBron here, and the computer obviously goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's no clock involved, so it's a completely just fun thing here. So you have the pool here from the starters. Now LeBron can choose both here in this uh, fake mock draft and in real life. He can choose from all the starters from either conference. That is Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Paul George, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard. I think LeBron James will get Kawhi. That's the other one. I was trying to think of the other one. Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard are going to play for LeBron James. I can promise you that. Oh, and Kyrie, I think LeBron is going to get all his buddies. He's going to get Kevin Durant, recruit him. Kyrie Irving will, I can almost guarantee, I bet my house Kyrie Irving will be drafted by LeBron James and uh, potentially Kawhi Leonard also. I think all three of those guys will end up uh, with Team LeBron. So first pick here, LeBron takes Kevin Durant. The computer took uh, James Harden. So this is kind of inaccurate because um, Giannis himself, again, this is the AI on the computer. Giannis himself said if, if Stephen Curry's on the board, I'm taking him with my first pick. So you can, I mean, computer's not that smart. Um, second or third pick overall, I guess, but second for Team LeBron. We already took Kevin Durant. Um, who's on here? Okay, so we have Curry, Embiid, Paul George, Kyrie, Kemba Walker. I'm, I'm taking Kyrie because I feel like he's going to take Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. Uh, number pick, number three overall pick. Okay, the computer took Kawhi Leonard there. So, so far, the draft order has been Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we have left Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Kemba Walker. I want to take Kemba Walker because Kemba Walker is another free agent, but I'm going to take Paul George because I already have Kyrie Irving. There's no need for me to pick another, like, shoot first guard. So I took Paul George. The computer took Stephen Curry. So Stephen Curry ends up on Team uh, Giannis anyway. And now, do I want Joel Embiid or do I want Kemba Walker? I did this last night, so I don't know if this is cheating or not. There are a lot of great bigs on the All-Star reserves. Um, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Vucevic, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, there's some. So I'm not going to take Joel Embiid here, or should I? Oh man, I don't know what I should do. Kemba Walker or Joel Embiid? Currently, LeBron, Paul George, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. So it kind of depends on what we want to do here. Like, we can go really small and have two guards and just three forwards. Kevin Durant would be like our center. Or we can go, you know, would that even be, I guess, more of a traditional lineup? Paul, it would be Kyrie Irving, Paul George is the two. And I'm listing two as like the position. So Kyrie are one, Paul George the two. KD the three, LeBron the four, and Joel Embiid the five. Man, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm gonna take. This is kind of tough. I, I did this last night, and I didn't get to this scenario right here. This really doesn't even matter, and I'm putting like a lot of pressure on myself. Who do they have? They have Kawhi Leonard, Stephen Curry. Oh yeah, you know what? We're gonna. 
man, they're going to have a lot of guard. These teams are already like unbalanced as it is because Giannis is going to have James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Stephen Curry. If I take Joel Embiid, then they're going to be really, really small too because he's going to have to take Kemba Walker, obviously. This is really, really tough. I don't know who to pick. See, this is why this needs to be televised because imagine me. I'm just doing this for fun. LeBron's actually going to have to pick these guys uh, you know, on national television. I guess I'm, oh, this is tough. This is really, really tough. I wish I had someone here to like just force me to pick somebody. I'm just going to hover the mouse over both of them. I'm cl- My eyes are currently closed and I'm just moving the mouse crazy and whatever lands on. Oh, I, I hovered off the screen. Okay, so I'm just going to take uh, Joel Embiid here. Let's have a, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take Joel Embiid. Or am I? Yeah, okay, Joel Embiid. There it is. I'll take I'll take the process. So the computer takes Kemba Walker. Now the reserves start. Now here it lets you pick first if you're LeBron, but in the actual thing, Giannis would have the first pick. Um, but uh, you don't. So so the reserves, let me list them here for you. LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal. They're in alphabetical order. That is very thoughtful of them. LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, D'Angelo Russell, Ben Simmons, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Vucevic, uh, he went to USC, Russell Westbrook, did not go to USC, and Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade, but you don't have to pick those guys till the very last. So, man, we have a great pool to pick here from. So, okay, I'm looking at Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, even though I could probably get him later, Russell Westbrook, those are the guys that I'm looking at right now. I just took Joel Embiid, so it'd be kind of weird to take Nikola Jokic. I'm thinking if I'm if I'm LeBron, I'm taking Anthony Davis if he's there. I'm, so I've just drafted Anthony Davis. So there he goes. Computer took Damian Lillard. Man, good pick. I like Damian Lillard. Um, we don't get him. So we still have some kind of tough decisions to make. We need another point guard because we have Kyrie Irving and we passed on Kemba Walker. So do we take Russell Westbrook? I know Ivan Torres is screaming at me to draft him or Kyle Lowry see Kyle Lowry can shoot though Kyle Lowry D'Angelo Russell no heck no I'm not taking D'Angelo Russell um Clay Thompson we can probably get him later let's see and I know I'm taking like a lot of pauses here because this means absolutely nothing and I'm putting so much pressure like this is like my fantasy team or something it's just it's a fun thing to do it really has like nothing uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, he comes to play in these all-star games. He takes it serious. I'm going to take Russell Westbrook, our backup point guard. Uh, the computer took Blake Griffin. Wow, what a terrible pick that was. Okay, so we're going to balance that out. We have Russell Westbrook. We're going to need to spread the floor. LeBron loves that. Clay Thompson, baby. Another potential free agent for the Lakers. Clay Thompson, come my way. Uh, the computer takes Bradley Beal. All right, that's that's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick. Um, we, Carl Anthony Towns is still on the board, but we have Joel Embiid and we have, who else do we have? We have another big, right? Oh, Anthony Davis. So we don't need Carl Anthony Towns. I want Nikola Jokic though, just cause I, I, I personally like Nikola Jokic. I don't think, I don't know if LeBron dislikes him, but I don't think he really cares about him. Um, so there's not, okay. We have Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry. How many point guards do we have? We have Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. I think, again, Chris Middleton. I think I'm going to take Chris Middleton. I think LeBron's going to try and build this team off of potential free agents. Computer took Carl Anthony Towns. I'm grateful that the computer is much faster than I am. Um, 
No, I can get Kyle Lowry anyway. I'm taking Kyle Lowry next because we, we need some shooters on this team. Computer takes LaMarcus Aldridge. That's cool. And I get I get Nikola Jokic. I'm taking him with my sixth pick or the sixth round pick, I guess. And the computer takes Nikola Vucevic. So now it comes down. The last two that are left are D'Angelo Russell and uh, Ben Simmons. Um, and then Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. But you save those for the very, very end of the thing. So now it comes down to uh, you know those two guys. LeBron likes Ben Simmons. They have the same agent. I'm guessing LeBron would take uh, Ben Simmons here. So I'm going to take Ben Simmons. Uh, forcing the computer to take D'Angelo Russell. And with the very last round, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, we all know who LeBron James is taking. So I'm taking Dwayne Wade. So that and the computer takes Dirk Nowitzki. So there's the team. We have now our starters are LeBron. Well, let me list them in, in the you know in the sense of our position. So we have Kyrie Irving, Paul George, LeBron or Kevin Durant, then LeBron, then Joel Embiid. I think that's a pretty good. I think that's a pretty solid lineup. The computer has Giannis. Or hang on, let me list it. Um, see, they're kind of unbalanced. They have Kemba Walker, Stephen Curry, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, you know, they're they have they're more positionless. We have you know we're also posi- We have some guys that are interchangeable. But we have like a, a solid, a, a true big in our starting lineup. I think that that's actually a good thing. And Joel Embiid, he takes these things seriously too. Then we have Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Nikola Jokic, Ben Simmons, and Dwayne Wade. Uh, the computer has Damian Lillard, Blake Griffin, Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Lamarcus Aldridge, Nikola Vucevic. D'Angelo Ruskell and Dirk Nowitzki. And now you can pick the coaching style. Do we want pass it around? Hang on. Okay, here. Do we want to find shooters? Call an ISO. Do we want to fo- which means like basically focused on your like your scoring players. Uh pass it around, crash the boards, play tough D. Those last two are absolutely not happening in the All-Star game. So basically you have three realistic possibilities. Um we don't have many shooters in our starting lineup. We have Kyrie. And Kevin Durant, but we want to utilize our whole starting line. So I'm going to say call an ISO play, which is uh, you know just basically focusing on you know your best the best scores of your team, um, and that's what we have. I mean, it's the All Star game anyway. No one no one's hitting the extra pass in the All Star game. So call an ISO, and uh, time to play. So let's click play here, and it gives you the the score by the first quarter. First quarter scores 44 34. We're on top, and at the end of the first half, it's 83 74. Team LeBron is winning. So now you got to think your reserves are coming in. We have a ton of depth on our team, just straight snipers coming off the bench. So I'm going to change. You're you're allowed to change your coaching style at halftime. I'm picking find the shooters, and at the end of the third quarter, it is 128-117 us. And at the end of the game, we win 166-152. So there you go. I am the ultimate All Star Game drafter. This could potentially be the exact team that LeBron James picks because uh, I picked a lot of guys that both fit with LeBron and that LeBron is going to try and recruit in the summer. So there you have it. Uh, oh, it shows you their stats too. That's pretty cool. LeBron finished with 22-7-6. and six. Um, Giannis had 18-5-9. Kevin Durant had 21-6-5. and five. I want to see what Klay Thompson did. Clay Thompson, he only had nine points. Okay, so maybe this isn't totally accurate because I feel like guys are going to have more than... The highest score of the game is going to have more than 22 points. I can guarantee you that. But nonetheless, we won, so that's all that counts. And uh, on that note, hashtag winning.
That's the end of our show this week. A full 100% NBA episode. I love it. Next week's probably going to be more of the same. Didn't do any Super Bowl coverage because I don't need to. We're not going to waste our time. Uh, You can listen on Apple Podcasts, which you might already be doing. Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, and that's pretty much it. No one one listens anywhere else. Uh, If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, leave a review. Um, It would definitely help me out. If you're on Anchor, same thing. Please subscribe. I think it's called, is it subscribe or is it follow? Any, whatever, whatever you got to do on Anchor, just do it, please. Uh, share with a friend if you enjoyed this. You probably, you may or may not have enjoyed this, but if you did, please share. Um, I will talk to you next week. Make sure you turn in to TNT tonight. You're going to get the All-Star Draft. You're going to get Lakers-Celtics. It's a ball night. And then after the games, you get inside the NBA. The best, the best uh, you know, analyst crew in all of television, it's Shaq, Chuck, Kenny Smith, Ernie John. What more could you possibly want? Make sure you turn into TNT tonight. I am not being paid to say that. I will talk to you next week.